you ready? Welcome back for part two of our interview with Wildlife Resource Commission Officer Brandon Jones. Today we're going to pick up where we left off and cover topics like are there any mountain lions in North Carolina, what to do when you're approached by a wildlife officer, trends in hunting license sales, support for hunters and hunting clubs, how to become a wildlife officer, and more. All right, so I'm going to go back to kind of what people send you pictures of. So maybe some people send you pictures thinking it's Bigfoot. But this comes up every year. It's the game camera picture. I swear there's mountain lions in North Carolina. I mean, <laughs> are there any mountain lions in North Carolina that you know of? Uh, well, we'll just say there's, you know, and definitely kind of, you know, talked with some of the wildlife biologists and, you know, things of that manner. But certainly right now there's no reproducing population in the state, you know, according to wildlife management. Now, it's always possible. And I'm with you. I've got pictures of cats and they whether it be black cats or you know mountain mm-hmm. lion polar cats or all kinds of cats you know and sometimes it's you know looking at it it's you know the angle of it the shot of it you know what's it in comparison of um but to say there's absolutely not a mountain lion here we just know there's no reproducing population mm-hmm. now it could have been a mountain lion born in captivity and released you know people you. People have exotic animals um, legally, illegally, so there's no telling, you know, possibly, you know, what it, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it were. Well, I got to tell you, man, I, you know, I love putting game cameras out and just seeing what's out there running around and when, where they're traveling and when they're traveling. And I've got to tell you, right behind my house, there's a big old uh, bobcat back there. Who looks just like a mountain lion. I mean, it's the prettiest mm. cat in the world. But it's those images that you don't always get. But it's the image that I'll get every once in a while. And you can tell he has a bobtail. You know, it, it, yep. and, uh, and and like you said, it's all about perspective. You know, how big is he really? You know, is it? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's so kind of hard it, to tell if and nothing's beside of it. I've seen a house cat, a black house cat. You know, you see it on a trail cam picture, and just kind of how it was and the position. You're like, "Oh, that's a big cat." Yeah. Once you start looking at it, and then you see c- comparable, you know, the size of other things, you know, maybe around it. Um, so you can kind of narrow that out. But you know, one thing that we've done, you know, because we definitely have had some pictures that will get passed around, you know, the state of, "Hey, look at this, you know, mountain lions up here or whatever else." And a lot of times, if you just do a Google search. Mm-hmm. You might be able to find that same picture somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So, not saying that you do, <laughs> but it is interesting. Um, you know, because that has, ha- has happened some as well. But um, so, yeah. So, only thing, again, I can say on that is there's no confirmed sightings of wild mountain lions here. Okay. Um, I think in the past 100 years, there's no, reprodu- no reproducing population. And, cool. you know, uh, again, and based on some of the wildlife management folks, um, you know, I think that some of the the mountain lines out of the Dakotas have kind of come down. I think as far as east as Nashville, I think oh. is the, the furthest uh, east okay. that they have seen them. But so I think that's kind of that's kind of where we are, I guess, okay. on, on the mountain lines. But I get pictures every year. And it is oh yeah, as well. Oh yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So you know, we live in a world where um, bad things happen, and we see it on the news at night where. Um, officers, you know, law enforcement officers approach, uh, in particular, vehicles that are stopped, and 
and the communication seems to break down at some point <laughs> and and bad things tend to happen afterwards so what should people do um, when they're approached by a wildlife officer are there you know certain like when you're getting you know when I if I get pulled over for a traffic ticket I'm gonna make sure my hands are visible on the steering wheel you know especially if it's at night or hard to see want to make sure the officer feels safe too but you know we're out there hunting we've got guns and crossbows and things you know I mean what 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 would you like to see people do when you walk up Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great question. And um, CSO, I mean, I'll be honest with you, going down the road, and if a police officer gets behind me, I mean, you, you know, it's like, oh, my, you know, am I going to speed limit if I got everything right? <laughs> yeah. Knowing that I am, but it's just, I think that's just human nature. Yeah. Um, and I think that's no different than if, you know, if you're approached by one, any law enforcement officer, but, you know, especially, you know, the game warden or wildlife officer comes up and, you know, talks to you. So, so just note, um, you know, for us, so again, our, our, kind of focus is hunting fishing and boating and trapping Mm -hmm. um you know and so um so whether you're on private land or public land you know if you're engaged in that activity um you know we may just come up and we're just there to maybe check license you know so it's a little bit different you know if a highway patrolman pulls you over a lot of times it's pulled you over because you did this gotcha um but for us we're just coming by hey you just got your license on you mm-hmm. kind of doing a compliance check okay um you know you may have not done anything at all and i mean sometimes there may be that hey maybe off the track a little bit hey we're just going to talk about this but a lot of times and most of the time it's just a compliance check mm-hmm. hey we're just going to come around and hey you had any luck um you know you've done any good whatever mm-hmm. else and hey we're just going to check your license real quick and so for most people is just you know if you see us i mean it's just going to be a general conversation with an officer. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right? You know, just um, you know, just going to come in and just check your uh, fishing license or hunting license or whatever mm-hmm. license you may need for that. And um, it's a really simple encounter. Again, it's just more of a conversation. Um, but you know, if they if they have a weapon or if they have a gun or a crossbow, you know, there there's no need to you know throw your gun down or anything like that. Just <laughs> remain like you are. Keep your weapon pointed in a safe direction. And I mean, of course. You know, whatever the demands or if the officer gives you any demands, of course, just listen to them. But, you know, I mean, if we were coming up and checking somebody, you know, say small game hunting in the woods, you know, and if they've got a firearm and it's pointing in the safe direction, you know, there's no need to, sure. for me to address it. You know, I'm going to let them, you know, as long as it's pointing in the safe direction and let them keep it. I mean, there's, there's no problem. So um, just kind of mm-hmm. remain like you are. You know, keep your weapon pointed in a safe direction, and you know uh, we'll just be looking for you. You know, look at your license, and and that really that's it. Well, I think um, that's that's a good uh, piece of feedback to people out there listening. Don't assume you're in trouble. You know, if, if an officer yeah, walks up, it's a lot different up. than any other law enforcement. And I mean, again, it's normal yeah. for me. You know, when I see them, you know, or if I see a law enforcement officer behind me, I'm like, oh, you know, what what I do, yeah. what I do, want make sure. But, um, again, it's just a compliance check. You know, mm-hmm. we just want to make sure you got everything you need. And then also, too, you know, there may be something that we can help you with. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's uh, what a lot of times, you know, uh, I think a lot of our officers are really good at conversation. And, you know, once by the time it ends, one, we're hoping to, you know, we can give you our contact information. That way, you know, use us as a resource. So I think mm-hmm. when you see an officer, because, again, and it's crazy. So, you know, some some people we check, we say, hey, I ain't been checked in 30 years. Yep, you know? And then yep. some people, you know, I've been checked five times in the last hour. <laughs> it's just one extreme to the other. But I would say take that opportunity to, to definitely, you know, if you need their contact information or if you have a question, I mean, we're here as a resource, you know, 
for the sportsmen um, and for the, you know, ultimately the citizens mm-hmm. of North Carolina. But I mean, we're here to help. And so if you have a question or, you know, if you don't understand something or if we can check on something for you mm-hmm. um, or, hey, if you just want your number, you know, or want our number, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. Well, that's, that kind of goes – I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that that kind of leads me to another question uh, talking about, you know, you're here for the citizens of North Carolina, in our case, North Carolina, but wherever you're living, you know, your your state guys are there Absolutely. for you too. But so do you have any trends that you're seeing? You know, I had somebody tell me the other day, I, I think maybe uh, 6% of the citizens in North Carolina buy hunting licenses now. Is that true? Do you see trends? Is it, are hunting licenses uh, purchases up or down about the same? Um, well, I don't have any uh, exact numbers on that, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think just in the one, the world that we live today, um, you know, I, I think definitely hunting license, I don't think they're on the uprise. Okay. Um, you know, I think that's something that we, you know, we want to you know, make sure you know, to kind of keep the heritage because for us, for, as a wildlife commission as a whole, from every division, I mean, we, we want, you know, people to, to enjoy the outdoors. We want them to hunt and fish and boat and trap. And, you know, a lot of non-recreational users are starting, or non-traditional users mm-hmm. are starting to come on board. People hiking and bird watching. And mm-hmm. so we want people to engage, um, you know, uh, in these activities. But so as far as exact numbers on license, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I'm well, sure, you know. Um, that's okay. I, I just think, you know, uh, the general consensus is it's probably down some, and there's just a, a ton of, you know, competition for kids, you know, attention now. I mean, there's, there's, Absolutely. there's a, you know, sports played year round now. It's, it's just there's all kinds of things for them to get into, that that you know are competitive to to going out and hunting. So it's no shock to me that 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 they're down. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. You bring up a good thing there, just talking about the youth. I mean. The youth is the, I mean, that's just in really in anything that you do, but youth is absolutely the future. So if we, you know, we, we have got to keep that in mind as sportsmen and, and to keep this heritage going and for people to, you know, enjoy, you know, it's kind of cliche, but enjoy the, you know, wildlife for future generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to get them involved. We, you know, it could be as something as simple as, you know, starting out going to a hunter education course. Well, or a butter safety education course in person. Brandon, you know, that, person. I'm I'm so happy you're bringing this up because I really wanted to ask you, you know, what what kinds of things do you guys do for, like, um, uh, kids in particular? But also, you know, I think about young people in the sport, but it might not necessarily be young age. It might be, you know, an adult that's maybe never hunted before. Um, no, but no, so, they're, so they're young, they're young to the sport. So what... Can, what do you guys offer, like, local hunting clubs? We have some really good hunting clubs in North Carolina that um, may not know that you guys are um, open to coming out and putting on a safety course. Or I mean, is that even possible, or what do you guys offer? Yeah, no, so the commission offers a, a lot of different things. And, then, I mean, some of them, you know, some people are well, you know, well aware of them, and some of them are not. Again, I would just go to our website, ncwildlife.org, mm-hmm. go to hunting, and – so we provide a, a couple of different courses. Um, of course, our biggest ones are probably going to be the hunter education, the butter education from the on the enforcement officer side. Mm-hmm. But so, just an example for um, you know, well, I guess I kind of start with the kind of the youth stuff as well. So we have a um, basically the uh, hunter education or the shooting skills mm-hmm. um, or the shooting sports 
Um, so a lot of times this is run through the high school or the middle school, but, but basically, you know, it's the shooting team, you know, so they shoot 22s and shotguns, uh, bow and arrow and do an orienteering course. And I mean, this is at a district level and then to a state level and they even have it on a national level. Um, so that's something, you know, you, you know, uh, you or your kids may be, you know, at a school where they have a shooting team and that mm-hmm. may be something to get them involved with that. But Looking, um, looking at like hunting clubs. So in the mm-hmm. past, I know we have, you know, we won, you know, a lot of times um, when they have a meeting or whatever else, we'll go one just to introduce ourselves, and two, we may just kind of do a law review. You know, hey, mm-hmm. this is what's new this year. You know, kind of give them anything new from the commission or anything that they may need, and then also gives them opportunity to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then in, in addition, you know, if you had a hunting club and. You know, a hunting club may have a facility or have somewhere where we can do a hunter education course. So we can do right. a hunter education course just for the members, or if it's something to where they want to open up to the public, you know, we could do a course there. Cool. So again, you know, partnership and what we do, I mean, we definitely could not do this alone, you know, kind of the conservation as a whole. But so working with, you know, local hunting clubs, private hunting clubs, you know, um, just community members, that's a vital role for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, Honestly, I mean, for, you know, looking from a wildlife officer standpoint, I mean, we're a little over 200 within the state, you know, and then the commission, Mm -hmm. you know, is probably 650, 700 employees serving the state. So we can, you know, we have to have relationships to be able to, to keep this going. But so I think the biggest thing, you know, and, and I think this kind of goes on all different levels. One, if you're interested in, trying to get more information about the game lands or getting more information about just local laws or you may have something to report or you're looking at what education events you may have Mm -hmm. is getting your basically your county's wildlife officers contact information okay and we have that information online basically you can again ncwildlife.org you can go to contacts and basically pull up the county and pull up your officer there in the county Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, I mean, if I go to another state and if I were to need something, you know, wildlife related, I'm probably going to call the officer in that county. Well, that's great advice. So, I've got kind of a two part question uh, for for the next part, and and one is, have you ever, or, or what's the most dangerous animal you've ever encountered out there while you've been out on your adventures and another one uh just talking about animals have you ever seen something in north carolina that wasn't supposed to be here you know you mentioned that people sometimes maybe bring in exotic pets and and somehow they are released but have you ever seen something that's not supposed to be here yeah no definitely definitely a good point there um probably looking at the most dangerous um I'll just be honest with you, um, probably the biggest thing is probably going to be uh, sort of like rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially being in Uwari, I know this is you know looking at dangerous-wise, but I definitely have more of a respect for, you know, rattlesnakes, especially kind of looking in Uwari's because one thing we definitely have, you know, some people that come around and they may collect rattlesnakes or poach them, mm-hmm. um, you know, which of course is illegal, but... Um, Probably the, the biggest thing coming across is we've actually kind of went and kind of looked for rattlesnakes, you know, kind of in URs, kind of see where, where some of them are located mm-hmm. and just try to see, you know, especially almost getting this time of the year, mm-hmm. um, you know, for people collecting them. But um, but being clo- up close and personal and seeing them definitely gives you a more respect of them. 
but um mm-hmm. but probably other than sitting on a bear bait site you know <laughs> at the coast with bears coming in yeah. you know eating on a bait site and you're on one side of the tree and he's on the other side you know but i mean <laughs> he does his thing and i do my thing and it usually worked out uh, but probably bears and rattlesnakes but but nothing never bad i guess has ever happened so good. well that's good um, and then probably the, the probably the strangest thing is a uh, is a tegu which is almost like an iguana top Okay. Uh, like reptile lizard style. So I got a call in Montgomery County a few years ago and a lady called and says, uh, I've got this lizard in my, in my chicken coop and you know, it's eating eggs <laughs> in my chicken coop. And so Montgomery County is, you know, very rural, very mm-hmm. country County. And sure enough, um, she ended up having a tegu basically almost like an iguana top, you know, reptile in her chicken coop. And she had wow. no idea, lived in the country, had no idea where it came from. And um, so it's just like, where where did it come from? And uh, so we, we still don't know. But I mean, of course, those are exotic species that are very invasive and mm-hmm. illegal to possess here. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was definitely, a, that was one that kind of scratched your head. It's kind of like, how, how did that happen? <laughs> well, but, uh, Talking about things that are out of the ordinary, you know, I, I know you've probably covered a lot of ground. You've certainly been all over this state. You know, did you ever come across anything that was just kind of cool, you know, you thought was really kind of cool? Maybe an old, I don't know, home site, an old burial ground, did you find jewelry or hidden treasure or anything? I don't know. You're out there and about. Uh, did you ever come across anything just kind of cool? Uh, the only thing probably for me is what I'm kind of interested in kind of just, you know, kind of old home places um but it's just kind of coming across those Mm -hmm. you know so we have come across a couple um you know burial grounds to where you could definitely tell they were burial sites but you just Mm -hmm. you know couldn't read anything um just old you know just um uh just rocks marking gravestones and everything else Mm -hmm. just kind of in the middle of nowhere and so some of that's definitely interesting one you know and you go back in there and it's just you know you know, 60, 75 year old hardwoods and, you know, you're just there and you, you just, just kind of makes you kind of hit the pause button for a second, you mm-hmm. know, and just want to appreciate, you know, just the area, but two, you know, just very interesting to see knowing somebody's been there before. Um, you know, when you think you're out there by yourself, I just so think the, that... old, the old home places and the old, old cemeteries, those are things that, uh, you know, especially walking in the woods and mm-hmm. coming across, you just, you just stumble across them. I just think the, those are cool spots to, to stumble across. I know some people probably get all spooked out about them, but, you know, I, I just think it's fascinating history here here in our state. But I wanted to end um, with a question that I had some of my uh, uh, hunting friends ask me about. And in our part of the, uh, of the country, maybe, or, or maybe even just in our part of the state, it seems like deer hunters and small game hunters um, don't get along sometimes because they're they they're both in competition for hunting lands and uh, and i happen to be both so i deer hunt and and love to go coon hunting and rabbit hunting squirrel hunting whatever you want to do so i like to hunt all kinds of things but i see their points i see a lot of guys especially uh, i run around with a lot of rabbit hunters now and coon hunters and and even myself my experience has been where i go approach a landowner you know or um even people that have land leased hunting clubs and the the answer is yeah sam you can come hunt but you have to wait until uh deer season's over and so for us i kind of think about 
our deer season, and, and I know it's probably different throughout the country, but it's kind of like uh, early September to maybe right around January 2nd is kind of our deer season. And in there is like, I guess there's an archery and maybe a black powder or something in the rifle season. And then after that, you know, from um, like, and, and at the same time, maybe I should back up, and at the same time, you know, I'm looking at maybe some of our small game um, seasons and they're like mid-October to the end of February so even though they can hunt in mid-October it's it, the competition for finding places to hunt is really tight and so a lot of those guys have to wait until January to really have access to some of the hunting land so they're only really getting to hunt a couple of months so yeah. do you hear people complain about that or you know i know we we one of the first things we talked about was game lands as an opportunity so maybe that's an option for some people but game lands maybe aren't next door for some folks yeah. so do you, do you what are your thoughts on that yeah no absolutely you know and i'll be honest with you you know um so i i coon hunted up to probably a couple of years ago and and have have dealt with that myself mm-hmm. you know trying to um you know find a good place to you know hunt like i said i, you know, I really enjoy listening to the dog you know work and run and oh, yeah. but trying to find a place to hunt during you know like i said october you know through december on private land is a challenge and so a lot of people say you know well you know i don't want i don't want to run my deer off and everything yeah. else and a lot of yeah. us that do small game hunt know you know most of the time that those dogs ain't gonna bother that deer at all oh no um, i've i've given you know, out I mean, so you, many you studies right yeah. deer. i mean we've all been standing in the woods and mm-hmm. especially coon hunting you know you sit there and you know you hear deer all around you running around you know the dog down there a tree so yeah so i dealt with this on a personal note and dealt with this on a on a professional note as well um so one thing yes i mean it is reality i mean they're and because deer hunting is by far probably the biggest thing now um people hunt for it you know so mm-hmm. it involves a lot of money people spend a lot of time and money invested um on property and stands and feed you know but there's a lot of times you know you'll they'll say yeah you know i've got this and that but you can come hunt after deer season but the only thing that i would recommend one is um trying to talk to those individuals trying to um know definitely don't stop reaching out to them mm-hmm. i mean you never know where where one may allow you to do it mm-hmm. um you know but a majority of them they are kind of stuck on well you know i don't want you to run my deer off so mm-hmm. if that were to happen um i mean i definitely i mean i know some guys that hunt down on the sand hills game lands um and they they squirrel hunt with dogs they um fox squirrel hunt and they'll go down mm-hmm. um you know in october because uh, they have a lot of land that they can hunt after you know deer season but during that time they'll go down the sand hills game lands which is you know, thousands of acres and they'll utilize the game lands during that time mm-hmm. but they're kind of in the same boat i mean they're probably you know a good hour hour and a half away you know so a lot of times their time is limited to you know just a saturday or taking the day during the week to go down gotcha um so and you're looking at like you know when i was in lincoln county i mean unfortunately right now like lincoln county area gaston um, Catawba, there's just not a lot of game lands. Yeah, we, it's, um, it's not an option really for us close by. Yep, and so that's definitely a challenge that we see, and I mean definitely the commission, we're trying to do the best we can to you know, continue to buy game lands or buy land or you know, put it in the game lands program across the state, but well, Brandon, really, do you don't, you, don't, do you, stop, do you don't ever, stop trying. No, I don't think we'll stop trying, and, and I hear you, and 
and uh, I used to keep a, a copy of um, of a study. I think Clemson University did it uh, down South Carolina years ago, where they put uh, and you probably know about this. You've probably seen it or read it, but they actually put tracking devices on deer and coon hunted in the same spots and and the and I'll make a very long story short by the next morning even if you're even if your hounds went in there and, and treed right in the middle of the deer um those deer were back in their home spots by the next morning you know in yeah. time for the deer hunters to be there they didn't it had no effect on it um yeah. and and they did, did a really nice job so I'd encourage folks to and I know that's not the only study but but uh, that was one I used to give a lot of those out to to deer hunters that get get a little uh, territorial. But let me ask you this: so, um, and I know we got to wrap up. So this is kind of my last uh, question. Do you ever see it changing? I mean, I, I look at that how long that deer season is. Do you think they'll ever shorten it? Do you because I I understand the maybe the reason initially for the different seasons were were to give like people wanting to do like primitive type hunting an opportunity before you let guys come in with high-powered rifles but but i'm telling you the primitive tools i've seen people with their bows and and uh oh, their yeah. black powder they're not they so come a long way they're not so primitive i mean you know do we really need a deer season that long yeah now this here i definitely would have to defer you know to our biologists and our wildlife management you mm-hmm. know staff um I mean, on just looking at it, you know, first glance, I don't see it. I think the biggest thing looking at it is probably just from population. You know, the deer population of the state is, you know, you know, seems to be doing pretty well. So, mm-hmm. I really don't know. Um, I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not aware of any talks or anything of it. You know, shortening. You know, within the next year or so. I know I'm. I definitely don't. I'm not aware of anything like that. Um, but I would definitely just have to defer to our wildlife management folks. So they definitely. I mean, are are ingrained very deeply into mm-hmm. that, and the reasons, and the the dates, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of the scientific uh, reasons behind it. But um, I okay. wouldn't even want to guess. Sure, I I, I get it. I so, just, but it is, I mean, it is a long. I mean, you like to say you start, you know, the second week of September, roughly, and you go through January first. I mean, that's yeah, that's um, that's, that's pretty a, good, pretty good time. If you can't get um, your limit in that time, buddy, you're you're. You're doing something wrong in our part of the state. There's, there's, those jokers are running everywhere. (laughs) Yes, sir. Well, listen, I I don't want to tie you up anymore uh, this evening, but I really appreciate you taking so much time and being so thoughtful in your answers. And, and I know I peppered you with all kinds of craziness and, and some of them, uh, uh, were kind of out there, but, but I really love the information you've shared and I hope people find it interesting. But is there anything that, I should have asked you that I didn't ask you. Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, one of the things that I picked up on when you were kind of giving a little background on yourself was that uh, maybe you also are looking for future officers, maybe um, recruiting uh, for the Wildlife Commission. So is that is that uh, something you're active in? Absolutely. So yeah, no. Um, so yeah, so no, we're. Yeah, so anybody interested or possibly want more information or um, anything I can do to kind of help. So basically, I would recommend going to just ncwildlifeofficerjobs.com and basically, or maybe .org, I'm not sure. Um, but basically, NC Wildlife Officer Jobs, and that's our careers page. 
and that has my contact information on there and you can kind of go and look we've got some recruitment videos and everything else but you know we're definitely looking for you know just good people that want to make this a career and and, and is, do you have jobs open that. now um so we normally so we're going through the hiring process right now so mm-hmm. we normally have one basic academy a year mm-hmm. and we normally accept applications mid-may through the end of june if we if we are having a school for the upcoming year so mm-hmm. So yes, I would just highly recommend just going to, again, just the ncwildlife.org page, and you can find our careers page. You just go to ncwildlifeofficers, um, I think it's .org, and, um, you know, you can find more information on that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate uh, your time and, and just really educate not only me, but hopefully folks out there that had some of the same kinds of questions. I appreciate you having me on, and like I said, you know, uh, for you know, the people listening, hey, you know, the Wildlife Commission as a whole, whether it be from the biologists or the wildlife officers, we are definitely here um, to help in any way possible. So we're here as a resource for you, and um, just don't be hesitant to call us or contact mm-hmm. us. I mean, we have a dispatch that's, you know, 24-7, 365, someone is always up here, you know, so anything we can do to help, that's what we're here for. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you, Brandon. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Buff in the Rough, and remember to like and subscribe if you want to be notified when we have new content available. Please send comments and suggestions to buffintherough at gmail.com. Join us next time to learn more about what it takes to have a successful hunting club.